Network presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here for NFL Week 3 previews and picks. Our man Achilles Arena is here, and we're about to get into it. Are you ready to get into the NFL season on Week 3? Week 3, Week 2, Week 1, I don't care. Let's talk football, baby. All right, let's talk football. Let's first break down that Thursday night game. Uh I don't think the overall result was all that uh, shocking to really anyone. Uh, Davis Mills is not an NFL-level quarterback, and that's sort of how the game played out. But uh, I I think the biggest thing to come out of that was Kishan McCaffrey once again goes down with some uh, hamstring or quad. I can't quite remember what they uh, said it was, but uh, muscle strains in the upper legs. Um, What does this do for Carolina here? it, it probably puts them a little bit more behind the eight ball than they were, you'd think, coming out of a 3-0 and campaign now. Yeah, I mean, it definitely puts a strain on the team as a whole. Uh, there's going to be, you know, other guys that are going to have to step up now. But um, we noticed when we went down with that injury, the team uh, offensively was really slow. Um, it seemed like they kind of had to, you know, get their bearings together to start getting the ball uh, moving down the field. But eventually they – they started doing it and, and they got some offense, uh, although this was against the Texans, which even though they've been playing a lot better, uh, it's, it's still the Texans. So I don't know. Uh, you take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but but I think that if this is a long term injury, uh, it's probably going to hurt this team. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think the biggest thing we're going to find out how real uh, Sam Darnold uh, really is because there's no longer that crutch of Christian McCaffrey every time something, you know, starts to break down dump off McCaffrey, you know, that's not going to be there. They're probably going to have to try to win games now uh, through the passing game. They do have some really good receivers. That being said, DJ Moore was also limping around at the end of that game. Uh, So it's, you know, it's Sam Darnold's team now to try to win games with until McCaffrey can get back. If he can get back, you know, it's, it's so hard to sort of as a running back bounce it back when your hamstrings and quads uh, you know, are being pulled or tight because uh, it, it's just one explosive move and they might go again. So uh, we'll see what Sam Darnold's probably made of here in the next couple of weeks. If it's, you know, sort of a, a real progression into being an NFL level quarterback or he's just got a lot of help around him. I will say this before we move on. Um, just the fact that the team has been playing so well uh, as, you know, based off expectations and the way the division's kind of playing right now, it, it probably will serve him well to really rest him and wait till he's 100%. Uh, it's nice that they got to this hot start because uh, they're probably going to need it uh, going forward. Yeah, and I must say that defense is playing uh, probably as well as anybody's defense in the NFL. Now, you know, some of that has been, you know, competition, uh, but uh, overall, they, they can wreck a game defensively right now from what we've seen. Oh, definitely. All right, so let's get into the games we have coming up this week. Uh, Let's start out in Buffalo for our 50s on five mutual picks, where we come up with five mutual picks between us, and we put $50 on each game. Uh, Our mutuals right now are sitting at a nice five and five overall. So uh, we aren't losing money. 
we aren't winning money. Uh, so we're at least happy. Uh, I'm always happy when we at least aren't losing money. Yeah, that's a good thing. All right, let's go to Washington versus the Buffalo Bills. Minus seven for the Buffalo Bills. The total sits at 45 and a half. The first half is four and a half for the Buffalo Bills, 23 and a half for the first half. Um, interesting game here. I, I, I've really been disappointed in the Washington's uh, defense so far this year. I've been really impressed with the Buffalo Bills defense. If you uh, look at their uh, numbers overall in the metric system, that uh, Buffalo Bills defensive line is really, really uh, rushing the passer hard. Now, a lot of that might be from the uh, Miami Dolphins game. Uh, that might have uh, unbalanced things a little bit because they seemed like they were hitting Tua and then Jacoby Brissett a whole lot. Uh, but I've been much, much more impressed with the uh, way the Buffalo Bills defensive line has looked in this game. Uh, offensively, it's been not quite as fast to start on the Buffalo Bills side of things, but uh, I thought Washington did some good things last week. Uh, what do you make of this game, Buffalo Bills at minus seven? You know, I think that if Washington had their starting quarterback, I think it'd probably be a little more exciting. Uh, you mentioned the fact that Washington's defense isn't playing up to the standard that we kind of expected them to. Um, with all that being said, I, I still think that they have the talent to be able to turn it around uh, at any point in time. Um, I don't think this is the week for them to do it. I think they're going up against a really tough Buffalo offense, especially one that really found the bearings of this last week against the Dolphins. Um, they finally have some sort of ground game, uh, especially coming off of last week, which if they can continue uh, utilizing it will help them in the long run. Um, so I, I think that this game's going to be kind of one-sided. Uh, I think Buffalo is still really uh, pumped up from that last uh, victory against the divisional rival. Um, but Washington, they, they need to really wake up and get that defense playing because with the injuries on offense, um, if they don't start playing the way we expect them to play, they're going to start falling far behind and it's going to be hard to catch up. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with you totally here. I, I think this will be a one-sided game. Now, that being said, I, I'm not really all that uh, aggressively really wanting to pull that trigger on that minus seven number. Uh, but uh, there's no chance. I, I really want Washington in it on this. Uh, Taylor Heineke has looked good, but he has uh, looked good in home games. This is his first uh, start in a road game. Uh, this is one of the toughest places to play a road game. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have already lost one home game so far this year. Uh, if you're balancing that out on the year, I, I don't think they really lose more than two home games on a year. So I, I'm not guessing uh, it's going to be on back-to-back uh, -back home games. So I wouldn't play Washington here. Don't love this number, though, with the seven. So I'd stay away from that. And the total, I don't have a great play on because I don't really know how many points, uh, you know, Washington is going to score in this game. If you, you know, you could say Buffalo is going to score 30. I believe that, but uh, that would mean then Washington has to score 16. I'm not quite there that Washington can get to those kind of numbers. Yeah, I agree with you. When I was looking at the lines for this particular game, uh, the one that kind of stood out to me that I would probably consider, you know, laying some, some cash on would be that first half over under. Um, I think four and a half is not too crazy. Um, especially, you know, like I said, the way that uh, Washington defense has been playing. Um, if Buffalo can get off to a pretty hot start, uh, especially rushing the ball, it takes some of the pressure off the quarterback and they can kind of work some magic, maybe some play action plays out there. And, and 
there's a possibility that they could go into the half with a nice little lead. But again, a lot of that depends on that Washington defense. Yeah, I, I definitely could see a first half minus four and a half for Buffalo uh, being a hit there. So maybe we put that one in the uh, like far maybe categories. And if we get really desperate in some of these, we probably pull that one out. But uh, not quite ready to uh, go quite there yet on uh, that big a spread. Uh, we'll move on to another pretty large spread in this one uh fields getting his first start for the chicago bears they go to cleveland browns minus seven and a half the point total on this one's also 45 and a half uh the first half line is four for the cleveland browns and uh 23 and a half uh for the total wise tough game here to really make me want to take the bears with a rookie quarterback starting uh but uh we spoke on the washington uh football team defense being a little disappointing uh the cleveland browns defense who i think we both thought coming into the season would be legit up there with the steelers and the uh rams uh really has been disappointing and if you Look at that game last week versus the Houston Texans. It, it's pretty much if Tyrod Taylor doesn't get hurt, my guess is it's last team who has the ball is probably trying to kick a game-winning field goal here. So uh, Clowney hasn't worked out. The uh, safeties and corners they've brought in uh, in free agency that we thought would sort of help that pass defense hasn't really uh, been all that great. Now, granted, one of those games was versus the Chiefs. So maybe there's a little write-off there, but uh, the fact that uh, Tyrod Taylor and the uh, Houston Texans were sort of exposing them in the past game gives me a little bit of concern here for the Cleveland Browns. But uh, this game, I, I sort of handicapped the same way as I did the Buffalo Bills one. Don't really like the Bears quite enough to uh, take that seven and a half, but uh, I, I get very leery when I see Cleveland Browns in minus seven and a half uh, at any point in time. Yeah, uh, I mean, to me, the biggest question mark here is going to be, even though the Cleveland uh, defense hasn't been playing uh, up to the standard we thought they would be, the offense is what's concerning me a little bit right now. The fact that they lost their wide receiver last week, um, there's a possibility that Odell might play this week, but I, I, say, I think that's still up in the air. I think it's still a game-time decision uh, for the last time I checked. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, that's, that, that's probably my biggest concern is, can the Cleveland offense – you know, maintain the the type of uh, play, the level of play that they've had over the last couple of weeks. Um, and if that's the case, you know, I could see them winning this game. I just don't know if they would be able to cover that spread. Um, we still don't know what we're getting from Fields. He could come out and completely electrify that team and really pump them up. And it, it could be a completely different Chicago offense. So this is probably one of those games that I'm probably staying away from, especially those, uh, those main, uh, you know, spreads. But I don't know. There's a possibility, as we mentioned, the way the Cleveland defense has been playing, that this halftime over under uh, is slightly interesting. Um, it sits at 23 and a half right now. Yeah. I mean, if, if it becomes kind of a shootout, as we thought the Houston game might be with Cleveland, maybe there's a chance where, you know, each team gets two touchdowns and they cover that uh, over under. But uh, again, it's probably a little too risky for me. Yeah, you mentioned it. I was going to bring it up afterwards that the uh, Cleveland Browns are, uh, you know, Landry is out. Uh, Odell Beckham is not playing. Uh, well, I mean, he says he's cleared to play, but uh, it, it doesn't seem like the coaching staff is ready to put him out there. Uh, so that really uh, sort of leaves 
uh, the number three receiver for the Cleveland Browns out there. And that would be my probably main concern on the 23 and a half. I do think it's a good number, uh, but we're, if we're getting, you know, number three receivers as number one receivers for the Cleveland Browns, and we're getting a rookie quarterback on the side of Chicago bears, it, it's just sort of a, it's like an automatic cross-off sort of game. You know, I, I do think Cleveland will probably uh, wear down Chicago eventually, and the rookie will make a mistake. But uh, the number's just too big, and I don't trust the Bears uh, quite yet on that 7.5, even though I thought they played uh, pretty well. But uh, they played pretty well last week when Andy Dalton was in the game. When Fields took over, it, it dropped off, and that's when Cincinnati made their run. And I, I thought the Bears played pretty solid versus the Rams as well. So, you know, if it wasn't Fields and it was Dalton, I think you could probably convince me a little more to take that seven and a half, but I don't know if it would be seven and a half if Dalton was in there. So uh, this one's probably a pass overall on me. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I just don't feel very confident about either side on this matchup. All right, uh, we'll move on to another big one. Uh, Baltimore goes to Detroit. Uh, Detroit is eight-point dogs in this one, so they're getting eight points. The total sits at 50. First half is minus four for the Baltimore Ravens. 24 is the total in the first half in this game. Baltimore uh, comes in here. Uh, they tend to, I will say, beat up on bad teams. Detroit's on a short week. You know I hate taking road favorites, especially big ones. This one, I'm half convinced that uh, Baltimore can run this up pretty good, but uh, I could probably be talked off of it uh, pretty quick too. I thought the Lions put up a pretty solid fight for about a you know a first half there versus Green Bay. I was a little confused why Green Bay didn't uh, blitz Jared Goff all that much, and then uh, it dawned on him to do that in the second half, and he didn't play quite as well, and uh, Green Bay extended the lead. Uh, I, I don't think Baltimore will have any problem blitzing, considering uh, that's pretty much all their defense does. So uh, what do you make of this game overall? I think this is kind of an interesting game. I know that Detroit hasn't, you know, really started off really hot, but statistically speaking they've been in games at least you know per half um that san francisco won they were in that game towards the second half and this last week they were in the game for that first half um jared goff seems to be doing a lot of what matthew stafford was doing while he was there which is basically putting up a lot of meaningless stats uh, especially when you consider the fact they're not getting wins you know they look nice and all and and it looks like they're they're at least trying to stay in games but they just don't have the team, you know, the whole unit. I just think it's not quite working yet. Um, I could see, a, you know, the possibility that the Ravens come in here and probably underestimate this this Lions team, and you know, maybe they keep it close. But I, I just, I just can't see any scenario where the Lions, you know, manage to pull this one off. Um, I feel very confident that uh, Baltimore will come out on top of this one. Um, I'm not as bullish as you are on that spread, but you could definitely talk me into it. Yeah, uh, the thing I eyed a little bit more is that uh, first half at minus four uh, than the overall plus eight. Now, uh, you know, the Detroit Lions have given us a really bad first half versus the 49ers and then a good second half, and they gave us a really good first half uh, versus Green Bay and then a really bad second half. Uh, so you could tell me which Detroit Lions side, uh, which half they're going to play hard on. It would make it much, much, much easier to <laughs> handicap this. Uh, but uh Baltimore first half minus four. 
I thought was a little bit better than the overall minus eight, especially if Detroit, you know, pushes, you know, a little bit more towards that, uh, you know, backdoor cover there at the end. Uh, but overall, I'm not like in love with love with this, but uh, first half minus four is had what I had uh, more my eye on, uh, especially since Baltimore tends to uh, roll these type of uh, lower level teams in the uh, years past. Yeah, I, I kind of like that uh, minus four. Um, I mean, I don't know how confident you are, but to me, if I was going to you know put money on any of these, uh, I think the minus four is probably what I feel most confident in. Yeah, I think so as well. So let's ride uh, the Baltimore Ravens first half uh, minus four uh, overall. All right, uh, one of the bigger games of the week, uh, Indianapolis Colts versus the Tennessee Titans, uh, two teams who will probably be battling for that AFC South uh, title. Uh, Titans coming off a nice comeback win versus Seattle Seahawks are five and a half point favorites. The total sits at 47 and a half. Uh, the first half number is three and a half for the Tennessee Titans and the total sits at 24. Colts coming off a, a tough loss to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Golf or uh, Wentz, not golf. <laughs> <laughs> that was the game before. Uh, They'll Wentz always went be tight. <laughs> Wentz went out with a, a double sprained ankle. Uh, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure how that's uh, even physically possible. <laughs> you, it, it, it must have been that cartwheel he did on the <laughs> sideline. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's. It seems a bit of a high number for me for Tennessee. We don't quite know what quarterback's going to play. Uh, there's been a little bit more leaning that Carson Wentz will play, mostly because my guess is they watched Jacob Beeson perform in practice, and uh, they figured a double sprained ankle Carson Wentz was uh, better than uh, a Jacob Beeson at 100% health. I don't like the number at uh, five and a half here. If Wentz goes, I kind of like the Colts here because uh, they're staring at an 0-3. And, and then I, I believe they have uh, Seattle and Cleveland coming up next on their schedule. So they could be looking at um, really an 0-5 possibility. So I think this game is really, really more important uh, to them to try to at least get a win here and uh, not go down 0-3. Uh, but it makes it a little hard to handicap since we don't know the quarterback situation. Yeah, I mean, not to mention the fact that you're talking about a division opponent here, uh, not just a division opponent, but the team that you were basically neck and neck with uh, last season uh, when it came to you know winning that division. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think that it's definitely more important for the Colts to pull this one off. Um, the question mark is the quarterback position. I don't know whether it's going to be Wentz, whether, you know, it's going to be easy, whether he, he even heard rumors uh, that they were looking at their, their UCLA quarterback um, and he might start. I don't know who's starting. If I Is Frank Wright eligible to come in and play quarterback? <laughs> uh, he might be. I don't know. I think I saw it in a movie once. Uh, if I knew which quarterback was going to play for sure, I'd probably feel a lot more confident about this, but I just feel like this is a much bigger game for the Colts than it is for the Titans. Um, and the fact that the Titans defense looks as porous as it, as it did last season uh, gives me a little bit of hope that even if they do, you know, play their backup quarterback, there's a chance that he might be able to light that secondary up. Um, Maybe not crazy numbers, but enough to at least stay within that game and, you know, cover that spread. So I kind of like the Colts in this one just because of the amount of points they're getting. 
Yeah, I, I like the Colts in this one, but I, I think we probably got to at least pass uh, until we know the quarterback situation. I, I I assume this spread probably jumps a little bit if, uh, you know, Eason's taken over. So, and I just don't know what the Tennessee Titans are. Basically, they've played one really good quarter where Derrick Henry exploded and the uh, rest have been pretty much trash. So it's hard to get a gauge of what the Tennessee Titans are. Uh, you know, going off the game versus Arizona and going off the first half versus the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they were borderline terrible. And uh, even some people that uh, – work with us uh we're cursing their name and then all of a sudden derrick henry starts uh breaking tackles and runs and uh the tennessee titans are winning the super bowl once again so uh hard to get a gauge on the tennessee titans i, I really liked what i saw from the colts uh in the rams game until you know Wentz got hurt so uh probably a pass overall in this game and uh just see uh who comes out and plays quarterback in this one yeah, uh, you know, we've said it multiple times before. The Titans are going to go as Derrick Henry goes. And so far this season, they've shown him, they've, they've really shown they're going to utilize him, you know, only when they have to. Um, haven't seen much other than last week's, you know, monster quarter that he had. So not very confident for me. It's a pass also. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the Los Angeles Chargers versus Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs' numbers keep continuing to stay high. Minus seven for the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Total at 55. First half at uh, minus four. Total at 27. Uh, this should be an interesting game. Uh, Chargers, I can't say how disappointed I was in their uh, the way they played uh, last week. Penalties galore, two interceptions in the red zone. Uh, yes, there was a bad little, uh, you know, sack call uh, where Herbert should have gotten out of it and Mike should have gotten a touchdown out of it, but he threw a pick in the end zone. They had two touchdowns called back by penalties. They had 10 offensive penalties overall in a home game. Uh, those are just not acceptable things to win games. So uh, I'm a little bit down on the Chargers. Uh, we've talked about the Chiefs overall. Uh, they seem to uh, play in spots and when they want to. And uh, I will probably continue to trot this stat out, but they are now 1-11-1 overall against the spread in their last 13 games. Uh, so they aren't very good at covering lines. And my guess is because they keep getting lines like minus seven. So uh, what do you make of this game? Uh, I think it's going to be a really important game for the Chargers uh, as far as letting the NFL know where they stand. Last week, performance was definitely a bit of a downer. Um, and you said home game, uh, you know, you said term loosely uh, because as I'm watching videos on social media, it was hard to pinpoint where the Charger fans were actually at. Um, that being said, I think it was a bad week for them. Um, I do expect a little bit of a bounce back from that offense. And if that's the case, they've gotten better enough to the point where I think that they can at least compete and keep it close. Kansas City hasn't really shown a defense pretty, uh, throughout this season. I know it's early, and you know we can't really say that they have a bad defense, but they really haven't shown much in the terms of defense. So I, I could see a, a scenario where you know the Chargers keep it close, uh, but to me, I, I don't feel comfortable either way. Uh, like I said, last week's performance really was a downer for the Chargers and the Chiefs, they just can't seem to cover their spreads are just too wide. Yeah, definitely. So, so uh, uh, no love on the total here. 55 
Uh, we were disappointed in the Chargers uh, gaining 800 yards of total offense and not punting the whole game and somehow scoring um, 17 points. So uh, I'm going to stay away from that, even though, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, probably continue to hit overs where their porous run defense. But uh, I think this game is a pass overall. And uh, really, the next game, I, I'm not in love with anything on this one. Uh, Saints at the New England Patriots, minus two and a half for the Pats. Uh, total sits at 42 and a half. You could probably tug me a little bit into the under here since uh, overall the Patriots have gone under in both games, and they both set at 42 points. First half, uh, line doesn't move at all, two and a half, and the uh, under sits at 21. This game's just... Uh, really a confusing one for me. Uh, you don't know what Saints we're getting. Is it going to be Green Bay Saints? Is it going to be Carolina Saints? Uh, is it going to be Green Bay Jameis or is it going to be Carolina Jameis? And the Pat Patriots, uh, I, I really like how their defense is played, but offensively, uh, they have yet to score a touchdown on a drive that they have not gotten a turnover on. So uh, that pretty much tells me they sit in conservative mode and don't really trust uh, their quarterback to uh, open up this offense. Now, some of that might be the receivers. I think both you and I were a little uh, hesitant to uh, go all bullish just because they signed a couple free agent receivers. They haven't turned out to be all that great. But, uh, you know, a part of me wants to take this Pats two and a half, but uh, I don't think I've seen enough from them offensively to really start grabbing them as uh, favorites, even if they are at home. Yeah, I mean, you basically hit the nail on the head there. We don't know which New Orleans team we're going to get, whether it's Green Bay, New Orleans, or whether Carolina. Now, I will say this. As I was looking at Carolina stats to kind of make some picks for Thursday night's game, Carolina, I know they haven't played, you know, top-tier teams, but as of right now, they're one of the top ranked defenses in the league. And I know it's the Jets and, you know, it's a bad Saints team uh, or a bad Saints team for that week. Yeah. Uh, but the Patriots, you know, we know what they're going to bring. Not much offense, but, you know, a pretty stout defense. So if I had to take anything in this game, I'd probably hit with the under for this game. That, that's probably the only thing that I feel any confidence for is the, the total under. I don't think we can expect much offensively from the Patriots. We haven't seen it yet, so it's hard to really expect it. And we don't know which same team we're going to get. But we do know that Winston, when he gets, you know, flustered, uh, he can make some mistakes. So I kind of expect that to happen. And if it works out that way, I think there's going to be a low-scoring affair. Yeah, I definitely think this is going to be a low-scoring affair here. The problem is that, Total sits at 42 and a half. And that's where the sort of Jameis thing makes me nervous is, you know, a couple turnovers there and we're getting, you know, points that uh, the Patriots haven't earned, but they're still scoring points and it's going on that total. Uh, the fact that they've gone under two games in a row on a low number like 42 makes me a little nervous. And then overall, I, I just, you know, maybe the Saints explode again for like 35 points. And I, I just... There's no read on this game because I don't know what the Saints are. I sort of know what New England is, but, uh, you know, it's just hard to gauge when you don't know what you're getting offensively. Maybe they open the playbook up for this one and they get a couple drives in there. So I was just a quick pass on this one. I'll watch it and sort of see what we're getting from the Saints and the Pats in this one as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm there with you. All right. Uh, 
We'll see how this one unfolds. Uh, Atlanta Falcons at the New York Giants. Two and a half is the spread here. Uh, the total sits at uh, 47. The first half uh, line is two and a half as well. And the total sits at 23 and a half. I don't want to take the Falcons. I will say that. Uh, you could probably convince me to take the Giants, but uh, overall, I, I just don't know if I want to be on a Giants side that is favored. It, it's much easier for to convince me to take the Giants when they're getting points and not laying points here. So uh, what do you make of this game? Well, you know, I, I pretty much said it to you the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've got a little bit of a love affair this season with the uh, Giants, and I know that they haven't really, you know, uh, met me halfway, so to speak, but I just can't quit them. And uh, I, I, me personally, I, I kind of like the Giants at two and a half. Um, I think that this Atlanta team is susceptible to uh, to be scored on. Uh, and the Giants seem to kind of be finding their way. They're still not quite there yet, but it seems like they're trying. Um, Daniel Jones looks really good. Uh, I know that he hasn't really won much, but just the way that he kind of operates that offense. And then Saquon, another week where he's probably a little bit healthier. I know that he, you know, he kind of got a little, little banged up in a couple of plays last week, but it, it looks like he's playing. It looks like he's healthy this week. And Atlanta, I don't know. See, I, I really want to take the Giants, but I have this weird feeling that this is the week that the Atlanta offense is going to blow up. And, and you know, you're going to see that tight end go off for, uh, big numbers this week. So that's the part that scares me, but I'm not going to try and sell you on the Giants. I think that I'm going to let you decide on your own, uh, but I, I will say that I'm probably going to go with the Giants myself. Um, they have to pay off eventually, right? Yeah, I, I do. I, I just, I'd like <laughs> it more if there was a plus by their name. You know, I, I will say my reaction was always Giants, Giants, Giants on this all week. Uh, the numbers tell you Giants that they've been just a little bit unlucky here and, and not gotten the wins. They probably really should have won that Washington game if you watched it. Uh, technically, they did win that Washington game until the uh, uh, someone on special teams decided to line up <laughs> offsides. Uh, the series before when they uh, couldn't manage to run out the clock also was a factor. Uh, so, you know, I, I really want to lean that way. You mentioned it, uh, you know, the probably the best 10-minute stretch of football between these two teams, however, probably was played by the Falcons in that Tampa Bay game when they pushed all the way back. And uh, I was about to hit my brilliant uh, first-half Tampa Bay Atlanta Falcons uh, double up. And uh, then, of course, Matt Ryan decided to throw, like, two big sixes in about a two-minute stretch. So what is Atlanta? I don't know. They – kind of did play good defense there for a stretch two in that second half. So Atlanta, as always, I have no idea what we're getting. Um, but I really did like the Giants. I just, it's so hard to want to take this team when they are the favored team. It, it's just, you know. They're so much know better it, as dogs. Yeah, it's just a better team as dogs. But uh, we can put the Giants at two and a half in that maybe category and uh, see where we're sitting at that, uh, the end of this list. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll go to Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh Steelers. 
The Pittsburgh Steelers are three-point favorites in this one. Uh, the total sits at 44. The first half sits at three, and the total in the first half sits at 22 and a half. Uh, I really like this line for Pittsburgh, despite uh, how bad this offense is. Uh, the only thing that's a little bit pausey is, uh, you know, Watt and a couple of the other defensive guys are questionable. So it's a little bit hard to get a read on what's going to pop out for Pittsburgh, uh, especially if they sort of see this Bengals team and are like, yeah, we could probably get by and rest these guys, uh, you know, and then we're in a weird scrap with needing Ben Roethlisberger to suddenly be able to throw the football uh, in uh, a game. But uh, I do like the spread. I do think the Pittsburgh Steelers probably maul the Bengals pretty good, especially from what I saw in that Bengals game, at least protection wise versus the bears uh, where, you know, they were just, drilling burrow i think more of the same here and i think maybe uh with this bad Bengals defense the steelers might be able to at least get Najee harris going a little bit in this one yeah and that's exactly my train of thought uh just when i look at the team's divisional opponents you know another divisional matchup here um and you have a team that defensively in my opinion is it's a lot better you know uh in the pittsburgh steelers cincinnati you know they've had their moments where they look a little bit sharp on offense but defensively they still haven't shown much. So I feel like if as bad as Ben Roethlisberger has been, this is his opportunity to kind of get some, some momentum going, like you said, get Najee Harris going. Um, and if they can do that, I think that defense can completely shut down the um, the Cincinnati offense, even if Watt were to miss some time, which I don't think he's going to miss some time. But even if he were to miss some time, I think that defense, I tweeted about it last week when he, when he went out of the game. Of course, it didn't work out for me, but I tweeted out that, I thought this defense can still be very competitive um, even without Watt. And, and I just think that last week they weren't ready for it. They weren't prepared for it this week. If he's not a go, I think that, you know, the coaching staff will, will put together a game plan in the scheme so that the other guys are in, in a much better place. And, and I, I just trust this, this team a lot better. So I, I like the Pittsburgh Steelers minus three. Yeah, I, I really like the Steelers minus three here. Uh, I, I definitely think their uh, defense, with or without Watt, be able to shut down the Bengals, and I think their offense might at least find a little bit of life here. And even if it doesn't, I, I think that defense is good enough to carry them to at least a three-point victory here. So I, I think we got our second mutual for sure here. And the Pittsburgh Steelers minus three over the Cincinnati Bengals at home. All right, let's go with Arizona going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Seventh. And a half point dogs for the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Total at 52. First half at minus four for the Arizona Cardinals with a total at 24 and a half. Arizona, uh, I, I think an exciting team to watch. A good team. I'm not quite sold out. Uh, Jacksonville, uh, they don't win a lot of football games. They have <laughs> now really? lost. 18 really? football games in a row in the NFL. How many teams have done that? Two have lost 18 straight NFL football games. So if they go to 19, uh, they're making NFL history. Uh, so, <laughs> Not the kind of history you want to be making. Not the kind of history you want to be. So it's been a long time since the Jags have won game. I will say, I thought the Jags defense last week uh, played much, much better. That was a 14-10 game, uh, but the offense just couldn't get going. Uh, it seems like Arizona might be a recipe for that offense to get going. 
Uh, hard for me to handicap this game. I, I will say the Jags might be in my picks later, uh, but I will not try to sell you on the uh, stinky uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and their porous offense. Uh, but I'm not trusting of this Arizona Cardinals team quite yet, especially on the road and laying seven points on the road favorites. So uh, what do you make of this game? Well, I mean, just like you said, uh, I think that as exciting as this Arizona Cardinals team is, I think there were probably some of the few people that are, you know, out there talking sports that don't, quite trust the Cardinals don't believe that they're the real deal just yet um and with that being said I kind of have a feeling that the Cardinals are going to roll in this one and it's not going to be pretty um I, I think that defense is going to get after Jacksonville offense we saw it in week one that defense can get after you and when they get a little momentum going they really pin their ears back and get after you even that even so even with that gut feeling I've got of Arizona really blowing up in this game I just don't trust the Cardinals enough. And, yeah, and a lot you of watched has, Kyler Murray throw random that, instances. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, and because of that, I can't bring myself, even though I feel like they're going to easily win this game, I, I can't bring myself to, to pick either side. And, uh, so I'm probably just going to stay away from this matchup. Yeah, I will have to agree on that, and uh, we'll leave it to my picks. And uh, speaking of games, I probably won't uh, – be willing to talk you into the New York Jets go to the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are now double digit <laughs> favorites in a game. Wow. Uh, Denver Broncos are 10 and a half point favorites in this one. The total sits at 41 and a half. So you try to do the math there. 10 and a half point favorites. Total is the lowest on the board at 41 and a half. Uh, First half, uh, minus six and a half and uh, 21 for the Denver uh, Broncos here. I, I just think this is too many points, especially for this Denver Broncos team. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, the Jaguars defense looked uh, much better in week two. It was versus Denver Broncos team. <laughs> And uh, they didn't really pull away till the defense made, a, you know, a couple turnover plays and got the offense some points. I think that Judy uh, injury really hurt them. Their receivers didn't look quite as good in that game. And then uh, this week, uh, Bradley Chubb uh, gets hurt on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I do think, uh, you know, injuries to key players on the Denver Broncos starting to come into play a little bit here. Uh, yes, the Jets uh, completely are terrible. I don't know if they will be able to move the ball on offense. The Denver Broncos secondary has been one of the best in football. Uh, so I don't totally uh, want to convince you to take the Jets plus 10 and a half on the road. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not willing to, uh, be listened to when it, you try to convince me to take the different Broncos at minus 10 and a half uh, until I see a little more from uh, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, don't worry. I, I'm not going to try and sell you on this particular matchup. I, I, I don't like this matchup. I think that Denver's a better team, but at 10 and a half for a team that I feel like it's just kind of starting to get their groove. I, I don't think, I, I just don't see a reason for it. Um, spreads too high for me. Uh, the point total is very off for some reason. Uh, as you mentioned, the weather lows for this particular week. And with that spread, it just didn't make any sense to me. I, yeah, I it always like creeps it. me out when you have like the biggest spread on the board and the lowest total on the board. <laughs> that doesn't seem to work out uh, too well in my head. Yeah, I, I, I can't figure it out. Uh, this is one of those games where when I looked at the lines and the spread, I was like, yeah, what's the next one look like? 
Yeah, definitely so. Uh, I, I do think Denver will win. They probably will cruise, but uh, I, I'm not taking Denver as a 10.5-point favorites uh, unless Peyton Manning or John Elway are returning uh, with Terrell Davis and uh, Ed McCraffrey and Rod Smith. Uh, so I don't think those guys are making an appearance. But uh, Not anytime soon. <laughs> and uh, if they were making an appearance at their ages now, they probably wouldn't be all that good. <laughs> yeah, probably not. All right, uh, we'll move on to an interesting game. I'm really curious to get your thoughts on this one. Miami Dolphins go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are four-point favorites in this one. Really curious what this line would have been, you know, opening week, two weeks ago. My guess is the Raiders would not have been favored by four. Uh, the total sits at 44. First half is uh, minus three for the Raiders. 22 and a half for the first half is the total. Uh, Miami comes with, in with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I do think Jacoby Brissett will be a little bit better in this game. Uh, you know, it, it's always a little weird when you pop in for that uh, surprise start once you're first string quarterback, but he's had a week of practice here. So I do think the Dolphins uh, will be a little better than they were in Buffalo. Well, they were in Miami, but in the Buffalo game, who uh, Buffalo has sort of owned them over the years too. So uh, interesting game here. What do you make of the Raiders as four point favorites here back in Las Vegas? You know, the Raiders have actually been a little bit of a surprise to me. I, I expected them to be a lot of what they did last season. Last season, they had moments where they showed a lot of flashes of being an elite team, or at least in the process of becoming an elite team. Um, but it just never came into fruition. And this season, they're one of the top offenses in the league. Uh, last time I checked, um, Derek Carr was leading the league in passing yards, and they, they've got some weapons, and they've been explosive, and I give them credit. You got to give credit where credit is due. But defensively, I still think there's a lot of question marks on defense. On Miami's side of the ball, I know that they don't have their quarterback. I believe that if week one or, you know, when the season start kicked off, I believe if you would have looked at the line for this game, I think that the Raiders, uh, the Raiders would have been three-point dogs in this particular matchup, even at home. Um, now you take into account everything that's happened since then, Tua going down all that. This is why you have the type of line you have. I think that – Miami's defense is going, to, is going to be a true test for the uh, the Raider offense. Um, it's going to answer a lot of questions about whether the Raiders are for real or not. Um, I could definitely see a situation where, you know, the Oakland, uh, sorry, the Oakland, the Las Vegas offense uh, falters in this one, and it goes back to what we're used to seeing. And even with all that, I, I just don't feel confident either way. I know you said that Jacoby's got an extra week. He's got a whole week of practice as a starter. Uh and I'm sure that the coaching staff is going to try and get him ready. But, you know, that defense played really hard against Buffalo. They tried really hard to keep him within that game early on. And eventually it just got out of hand and they couldn't even muster up, you know, three points on offense. So that part scares me. Um, I'm probably going to stay away from this particular game. You would probably have to try and sell me a little bit if you want to take some action here. But um, I think it's more of a true test for uh Oakland's offense and the Miami defense. Oh, there you go. Oakland again, Las Vegas offense. Sorry. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, I, I think you summed it up perfectly with everything I was thinking, you know, I look at this, I want to take Miami. I'm like Miami's defense, uh, 
can give the Raiders problems. This is the stupid kind of game that the Raiders lose after, you know, winning a game versus Baltimore and then yeah. winning a game in Pittsburgh, and then they come and lose to Miami with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, they did the same thing last year. I think they were coming off a win to the Chiefs. The Chiefs, they, yep. Yeah, they played Miami, and it was that game where Fitzpatrick, like, had his, you know, neck torn back and he threw the touchdown pass to win him the game. Uh, but then I've watched this Raiders team so far this year, and it looks different than the one last year. The defense has looked better. I, I don't know if we trust it yet, but it has looked much better than it was last year. Uh, the offense is moving smoothly, and, you know, that makes me want to take the Raiders, especially from what I saw with the Dolphins. You mentioned, yes, Brissett has had practice, uh, but, you know, he's not the type of quarterback that you're like, yeah, let's go win road victories with. Uh, so you're probably right. Don't make a play in this game. You know, you're talking both sides. I could, you know, come up with fake stats on both sides to convince you to take one side or the other. Uh, so entertaining game. Uh, you know, my instincts want to go Miami, but uh, I just don't think that's a smart play. And then I, I just, I can't quite trust the Raiders yet. Uh, I'll trust them, you know, whenever they play like Jacksonville and then they'll cost me that game. Yeah, that, that'll be the game they lose. Well, I'll take Jacksonville all season long until that one <laughs> and then they'll win. All right, uh, we'll move on. And uh, you probably aren't going to like me convincing you into this one. You are too much of a fan and you'll think it's bad mojo or something. But the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are getting one point here. This line's moved all over the place. It opened Rams minus one. It got up to Rams plus two and a half. It's now sitting sort of steady at about one, one and a half uh, for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, the total's at 55 and a half. First half is a pretty much even money line and the uh, total sits at 26 and a half here. Uh, I, I know you're going to be scared to want to really take the Rams here, but uh, I'm going to push hard and uh, try to push your fan buttons. Cause uh, I'm not going to lie. I really, really like the Rams in this spot here. Uh, I, I think Tampa Bay's getting a little bit uh, uh, blown up here on the offensive side of things. They've played uh Pretty much two of the worst defenses in the NFL. If you were like, what are the bad defenses in the NFL? The Falcons and the Cowboys would most certainly come up. Uh, so I'm not all that sure this Tampa Bay offense, which struggled a bit last year, and now we're all gushing over, uh, isn't quite the same thing as it was last year, especially when we watched them play this Rams team and that Rams uh, team chewed them up last year on the defensive side of things. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks defense has been, you know, pretty porous uh, so far. Now, granted, you could say they play the Cowboys, which is one of the best offenses, but I don't think any of us really think the Atlanta Falcons are one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, so I really, really like the Rams here. Uh, I think they'll be able to pass on them. I think they'll be able to hit big plates, and I think the defense is just set up to really cause problems for Tampa Bay here. Now, listen, I will say this. You, you don't really have to twist my arm to get me to take the Rams on any given week. I am a little worried, and that's because, yes, we we saw the Tampa Bay defense is susceptible to getting scored on. We saw it against potent offenses like the Cowboys, and even in the Atlanta game, that game could have turned out completely different if it wasn't for those pick sixes by Matt Ryan. Um, that being said, I, I've got I've got high hopes for the Rams, but they're not the same defense they were last year. They're not going to be an elite defense. At least they haven't shown it so far. And I know that they've played, you know. Uh, 
one mediocre team and, you know, one team that we expected to be good, but neither team's really playing well. When you talk about the bears and the Colts, you know, the, the Colts are what? Oh, and two. And the bears are one and one. What are the bears? What's the bears record? One and one. So, okay. I just want to make sure I wasn't just, you know, talking out of my, you know, uh, you can definitely, you can get me to take the Rams. I, I wouldn't mind taking it. I feel like they could win this game. They have the offense to win this game. It's defensively that I'm scared. I, I just haven't seen the type of defense that we saw last season from the Rams. And that's to be expected with all the key losses that they had. This is a different Rams defense, but it is the same Buccaneers offense. And we saw when they played each other last season, it was a very competitive match. I think that this has the potential of being a shootout. With that being said, I'd be I'd feel more comfortable with the Rams for getting three points. Um, but even at plus one, if you if you want to take the Rams and you feel confident about it, I just want to say on the record that I didn't want to take any action in this game because I didn't want to uh, put bad juju on my team. And even when people were asking me, like, oh, do you think they're going to win? I kept saying the opposite. And, and I'm not saying because I believe it. I'm saying it because I just don't want to, you know, bring bad juju to my team. So with all that being said, if you want to take the Rams, I'm with you. I'll take the Rams too. All right. I think we'll go with the Rams. And then I wanted to throw this out to you. This 55 and a half, it seems really, really high for this kind of game. I, I feel like Tampa Bay will not be as open offensively. They're going to try to make this a defensive game. I know the Rams are going to try to make this a defensive game. Both their games have gone under a 55-point total so far this year. I just think this is really high. Everybody's thinking this game's going to sh- be a shootout, and I think both these defenses are going to come to play here. Uh, both offenses are going to be a little bit more conservative, not wanting to try to make a turnover that would cost them the game. So 55 and a half uh, seemed really, really high. I really, really like this under uh, as well on this game. I, I mean, if you're really sold on it, I'll roll with you on that one too. I personally think it's going to be more of a shootout. I just, like I said, I've seen the Rams defense uh, not really show up. I, they made plays when they've had to make plays, but it's not the same type of shutdown defense that we have now. We've also had Jalen Ramsey playing in, you know, several different roles this season. And it could be the type of game where they tell him, all right, this is your guy, lock him down, you know, keep him on an island. And and if that's the case, I, I could see I see where you're coming from. The Rams can the Rams can be run on. And I think Tampa Bay is probably going to try and get a little more conservative on offense. And if that's the case, I could see it, it being a low scoring game. But Again, I, I, I just don't want to speak, say too much, and then, you know, it goes the opposite way, and then I feel like it's because of me. So uh, if you want to take the under, I'll take the under with you too. All right. How about we just take the Rams at plus one? We'll skip the under, so then it can be a shootout or it can be a low-scoring game, and the Rams can just win overall. That sounds good. Uh, that being said, uh, in our picks and – Possibly on Sunday. There could be a lot of money being wagered on an under and the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Possibly on an alternate line as well on the uh, Los Angeles Rams. So uh, I I will say this. If you win money this weekend, I will be very happy also. (laughs) All right. Uh, 
We'll move on to the Seattle Seahawks versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are getting one and a half points. This total also sits at 55 and a half. Uh, this one, I think, might be a little bit more of a shootout. Uh, first half line is even. Uh, first half over under total is 26 and a half. Uh, I'm fighting every urge in my body. Uh, to not take the Minnesota Vikings at plus one and a half. But uh, that offense last week looked pretty good versus Arizona. They've opened up with two games on the road. This is their first, uh, you know, game at home in Minnesota. Seattle coming off a bad, bad loss uh, in Tennessee after dominating that game. Them going on the road in Minnesota. I very badly want to take Minnesota here, but uh, – I, I I know I should not, uh, judging by what I've seen. I, I read another fun stat that you're going to love. The Minnesota Vikings have lost six games in the last two years where they've achieved over 400 yards and gotten over 24 points. Cousins, uh, baby. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody can make uh, light of that stat, but if you gain over 400 yards and score over 24 points in a game, um, you usually win said game, and the Vikings have done this and lost uh, six different times in the uh, one and a half uh, years so far. It's not even one and a half, one season and uh, almost <laughs> a quarter. <laughs> so that being said, yes, I should probably stay away from the Vikings, but uh, I really, really like this plus one and a half. Uh, so uh Either be smart and talk me out of it and say, do not bet on this game uh, involving the weird Seattle team and the uh, even weirder Minnesota Vikings team. I'm, I'm going to try and talk you out of that. And it's not because I, I think you're wrong, because I could definitely see a scenario where it turns out just the way you said it. But I, it's hard for me to really envision Russell Wilson losing back-to-back -back games. I feel like Russell Wilson's going to come out uh, with the fury. He's going to be really aggressive especially after the way they couldn't close out Tennessee last week. So I feel like Russell's going to put on his shoulders to really come out and play, play really well. I just don't trust Kirk Cousins. I, I don't, you know, yes, he's got a lot of weapons and he's got a great running back, but they have no defense whatsoever. The Minnesota offense could definitely get going against Seattle. Seattle hasn't shown their ability to really stop anybody this week. I know they did a kind of a good job kind of slowing down Tennessee last week, but you saw Derrick Henry's stats. So Cook could definitely be up for a game like that. Uh, it's just, if I, if I had to put my money on anybody in that game, I know Cook's great. I know Thielen's good. I know Jefferson's good. But if I had to put money on anybody, I'm putting my money on Russell Wilson. He's the only guy that I feel like I could trust on both sides of the ball. So if I was going, if I was going to take any action on this game, I'd probably take Seattle at minus, what is it, one and a half? One and a half. I'd probably take Seattle minus one and a half. But that's just me. That's, I just feel that Russell Wilson is going to come out really aggressive in this game. Uh, and he might try to put enough of a gap between him and the Vikings so that even though his defense is poor, they just won't be able to keep up. Yeah, uh, you probably got the uh, exact polar opposites in teams. You got one team who manages to win games they probably should lose up until the point of uh, last week. And then you got the uh, prototypical team that loses games that they should win. So, yes, I should stay away from it. Uh, I, I did not have it highlighted uh, on our mutuals or in my picks. But uh, 
it's still a long way from one o'clock on Sunday. So uh, well, that just means you're going to take action on it. I know what that means. I uh, hopefully maybe the college day goes very, very poorly and I have no money left uh, from what I've already put down on the uh, Rams game and, uh, and what I end up losing on college oh, Sunday. Listen, I'm certain that you have your stash here, your stash there. And if college does go bad, You'll just reach into it and like, okay, let's go Vikings. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll move past the Seattle Seahawks and Minnesota Vikings. I will say pretty interesting game. Uh, it'd be a fun one to sort of see uh, if the Vikings can sort of right the ship and at least make uh, some sort of uh, challenge for Green Bay in this division because I, I, I don't really know who's going to uh, make that challenge. And uh, speaking of said Green Bay, uh, Green Bay Packers go to the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners sit at three and a half. Total at 50. First half is a three-point line for the Cisco 49ers. And 24 and a half in the first half total. Hard game for me to really uh, handicap here. San Francisco, uh, if anybody has watched history in the Rogers era, has owned the Green Bay Packers. Uh, hard to really gauge what the Green Bay Packers are right now. Uh, they were terrible in that Saints game. The offense was better in that Detroit Lions game. Uh, that being said, it was 17-14 Detroit at halftime. Uh, their run defense is, uh, if you looked at their metrics, the worst in the NFL. And uh, there are some teams with some bad defense. So uh, when you're the worst run defense in the NFL, you're going up against the San Francisco 49ers, who are the best run offense in the NFL. It makes me really nervous. Uh, but uh, th that... Three and a half number for San Francisco also makes me a little nervous. I I'm curious how your read is on this game. It's actually all over the place. Uh, you know, I, I was looking at the an analytics for this, the game. Like you mentioned, San Francisco has a pretty good run game. And even with their running backs, you know, kind of in and out of the lineup, they, they still have a solid run game. Green Bay, on the other hand, if it was last season, there's no way I'm taking San Francisco. But this season, the way that Green Bay has played leaves me scratching my head. I, I don't know what to make of this team. They looked at least competent last week. The week before that, they looked like they were completely caught off guard. Uh, I, I don't know which way I'm leaning either way. I, this is the, the one game this week that I, I just had absolutely no reason whatsoever. Yeah, I'm the same way. I will say I don't know if this plays, but the uh, 49ers will be wearing the 1994 49ers uniform. Is that a factor? Garrison Hurst, we love you, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's definitely a factor, then. <laughs> You've changed my mind. I changed your mind because they're going to be wearing the 94s. Well, that, that's all it takes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I mean, I'm really interested to see how this game plays out, but uh, I, I just couldn't find a way to really uh, find an advantage on it. I, I couldn't even really find a real uh, result in the total here. 50 uh, just seems like Vegas threw sort of a simple number out because they don't know what kind of game this is going to be. Is it going to be sort of a, a slow-paced defensive game? Is the offense is going to open up and, you know, Rodgers is going to throw all over San Francisco and San Francisco is going to run all over Green Bay? I, I just think no one really knows what to expect out of this game. Yeah, um, that's exactly where I sit right now. And I just don't feel confident about either side enough to 
put some actual moolah on this. All right. Monday Night Football, our last game on the uh, slate here, Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, four-point favorites here. Total sits at 52, first half at minus three. And the first half total sits at 24 and a half. Can you tell me which Eagles team we are getting? Because if you can, I kind of like the plus four. If you cannot, eh, I'm sort of a pass on this game. Well, I will say this. I cannot tell you which Eagles team we're getting. But I will tell you this. I like the Eagles at plus four. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at uh, the statistics of that offense, their quarterback's actually one of the top rushing quarterbacks in the league so far. I know it's very early in the season, so it's hard to really say he's one of the top rushing quarterbacks. But we know that at least that, you know, that front seven of the Eagles can get after a quarterback. Their pass rush is still somewhat competent. Um, and it makes up for their lack of a secondary. Now, when you talk about the Cowboys, they don't have much in terms of a defense, and it's kind of been you know a recurring theme with them uh, going back to last season. Their running game, which was one of their strongest suits, has really taken a step back. I feel like uh, I, I don't know if it's wear and tear or if it's scheme or it's just a new coach and the type of system that he likes to run. Or but, Tony Pollard is better. <laughs> <laughs> it could, that could be a factor also. But I, I just I, – I trust Dak Prescott. I, I think that he'll – you know, he has enough confidence in himself and in his wideouts to be able to get the ball out there and put up some points. But I also think that this defense, especially knowing each other very well, that I think they can get after him, and I think they can fluster him enough to where he can make some mistakes – I don't think their running game is, is good enough for them to lean on the running game, uh, the Cowboys. So I kind of like the Eagles plus four here. Uh, they were my upset of the week uh, when I was making my pick. So I'm not going to try and sell you because I could be completely wrong. This could be a completely lopsided game. You know, the Cowboys could easily run away with it. They have the office to do so. But I have a feeling that the Eagles are going to show up. Yeah, I, I... – I, I sort of like this number of Eagles at plus four. I, you know, I, I've watched them two weeks now. Uh, they were great in that Atlanta game, uh, but you know, it's they Atlanta. weren't. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't great in that San Francisco game. But they still, still sort of battled and hung around there. Yeah, the offense looked uh, worse, but uh, I think we both think San Francisco really good defense, really hard to move the ball. That isn't going to be a you know something that the Eagles and Jalen Hurts on offense can really do. I, I don't think they're that level, but I do think uh, you know you saw it versus Atlanta, who is a bad defense, and I think you'll see it versus the Cowboys. They're a bad defense, you know. How much can the Cowboys expose the Eagles secondary? That probably just totally depends on how much pressure the Eagles can get. If, you know, they can get that pressure, uh, then I think the Eagles secondary can hold up. If they can't, uh, you know, it's probably going to be a, a shootout. But I still think this plus four number comes into play here. And uh, it it's just seems like the Cowboys are just going to play, you know, uh, last possession games uh pretty much all season long. So I think that holds true here. And uh, I like the Eagles plus four. Yeah. Um, you know, my train of thought usually when it comes to games like this, especially divisional games, I, I feel like if the underdog if, in my mind, if they can, if I can find a scenario where they win the game, then especially when it's over three, which now sits at four, um, then it, it's a, probably a good bet for me to take the underdog in this. And I feel like even if, the Eagles can't manage to pull off a win. 
if their pass rush gets going and gets enough pressure on Prescott, I feel like they could at least keep it close and you could probably talk about a you know field goal type game. Yeah, definitely so. So I think the Eagles uh, goes in there on our mutuals. How many mutuals was that that we totally agreed on? Let's see, our Steelers minus three is one. Rams plus one is two. Eagles uh, minus or plus four is three. Uh, first half Baltimore minus four. So we need one more of those. Uh, I, I probably can't sell you on the Jets. Uh, what if we lean New York Giants? Minus two and a half, and we ride your boys from New York and ride the Giants here. Okay. I, did you already uh, mention the Buffalo Washington uh, first half minus four? Oh, and a half? yeah. All right. Which of those do you like better? Buffalo uh, minus four and a half for the first half, or the Giants minus two and a half for the game? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I personally like the Giants more, but since it's a mutual, I don't want to uh, take you down that that rabbit hole with me. So I think we should probably go with the uh, the Buffalo minus four and a half for the. Oh, first I half. was leaning Giants uh, minus two and a half. It, it almost slid its way into the pick. So let's throw I mean, the Giants you, if, minus okay. two and a half, and we'll both be disappointed when uh, Daniel Jones fumbles <laughs> the game away. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> All right, so those are our. Five mutuals for 50. We got the Baltimore Ravens minus four in the first half versus the Detroit Lions. The Pittsburgh Steelers minus three versus Cincinnati Bengals. The New York Giants minus two and a half versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Philadelphia Eagles plus four versus the Dallas Cowboys. And lastly, the Los Angeles Rams plus the one versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, our 50 on five mutuals wrapped up now. Let's get into our picks for the week. How many picks do you got for us this week? I'm counting. I'm counting. I think I have eight. You have eight. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I believe eight as well. Yes, eight as well. Uh, not counting the Minnesota Vikings. They haven't worked their way in there quite yet. Uh, <laughs> they will. Oh, they, I know they will. They will, but uh, they haven't yet. So, uh Let's go eight. I'll start out. And speaking of the uh, Baltimore Ravens first half at minus four, I'm going to ride that as well as one of my picks for the week. So Baltimore Ravens minus four for me. Okay. For my first pick, just like our mutuals, I'm going to take the uh, Buffalo Bills at minus four and a half for the first half. Bills minus four and a half in the first half for you. All right. My next pick coming up is the Indianapolis Colts plus five and a half versus the Tennessee Titans. Now this is a contingency that Carson Wentz plays the game. I want no part of the Indianapolis Colts if it's Jacob Beeson. This is contingent on Carson Wentz playing football, at least for a half. So Indianapolis Colts plus five and a half. For my second pick, I am going to take the over in the first half of the Chicago Bears and Cleveland Brown game, which sits at 23 and a half. All right, over first half, Chicago, Cleveland. Shootout is a coming in Chicago. Uh, clearly, he hasn't watched many Bears games in his life. <laughs> well, it's in Cleveland, so I feel like, you know, <laughs> the uh, change in temperature is going to improve that. <laughs> All right, next up for me, I'm going to write another one of our mutuals, and I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers minus the three versus Cincinnati Bengals. 
Uh, let's see, my third one here. Uh, I think this was one of our mutuals also. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens and Detroit Lions. I'm taking the first half minus four. That is, and that's a mutual, and it's mutual at our pick. So uh, that thing is loading everywhere, <laughs> which uh, means Jared Goff is going to throw for 500 yards in the first half and four touchdowns to a bunch of receivers I don't even know. <laughs> That's how it's going to go. All right. Uh, next up for me, the Jacksonville Jaguars plus seven and a half. I'm going to A, ride the one trend that teams don't usually lose 19 games in a row in the NFL. And then the one where I don't trust Arizona to go on the road and win by more than seven and a half points. So uh, those are my two trends we're riding. Hopefully the Jags defense can continue to play well. And uh, maybe we get a little offense this week uh, versus uh, maybe a little porous Arizona Cardinals defense. So Jags plus seven and a half for me. For my next pick, I'm taking the under for the total uh, in the New Orleans and New England Patriot game, which sits at 42 and a half. The under for New England and New Orleans. You got over in Chicago and Cleveland and under in New Orleans. That should be a barn burner of a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up for me, we're going to ride the stinky team train right into New York Jets town. And we're going to take the New York Jets plus the 10 and a half over the Denver Broncos. I think it's time for the Jets to get some offense and the defense. Moves around very fastly. Not necessarily get stops, <laughs> but they do move around fast on defense for the New York Jets. And I just think Denver minus 10 and a half. That's a little too many points for me. So uh, we're going Jets plus 10 uh, and a half. I, I like that one. I'm just not brave enough to take it. <laughs> for my next one, I'm sticking with New York, uh, but I'm going on the other side. I'm going with New York Giants minus two and a half. All right, New York Giants minus two and a half. All right, the New York teams are covered this week. We got Buffaloes, we got Giants, and we got Jets. Uh, what could go wrong? Love is definitely coming this way. All right, uh, next up for me, uh, we will do the twofer in this game. We already mentioned it. The Los Angeles Rams plus the one and the total 55 and a half. We're going under on that one. So, uh, a lot of Rams love here. A uh, lot of Rams love. There might be some buying up of the line and buying down of the line that has occurred already this week. Uh, so there could be some alternate line bets that have already occurred. But uh, for a picks, Rams at plus one and the under at 55 and a half. What do you got next? Uh, for my next pick, I am going with the Pittsburgh Steelers at minus three. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers minus three. All right, next up for me, and this will be my final pick of the week, the Philadelphia Eagles plus four versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think Philly can stay in this game, and I think Dallas plays close games, so give me four with the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, since I have two left, uh, I'm also riding with the Eagles. Um, and my other pick, my final pick, I'm taking Seattle at – Mine at uh, minus one and a half. 
Oh my, Seattle at minus one and a half for the Achilles as his final pick. All right, that does it for our show. We had our mutuals. We had our individual picks. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our content. Great winning daily today. Sparky had his hot picks going. Dynamite David gave his picks. I gave you all sorts of parlays, upsets, and a little boxing. Anthony Joshua, KO, be on the lookout for that. Achilles, where can we find you? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. All right. Like and subscribe. That's our show. And we're out.